right, good morning, good afternoon, or whatever time it is, wherever you're listening. My name is Kyle Teixeira, here with John Teixeira again, and we are TPM, the local property managers here in DFW and real estate experts, just here to give you our advice, experience, and uh, help you in your real estate goals. Uh, Today, we'll be talking to you about crowdfunding for your real estate investing. Uh, And if at any point in this podcast or throughout uh, things we're talking about, you get excited about starting wealth building for yourself through real estate or have any questions for us or whatever it may be, send us an email at we are, that is not correct, at showmethemoney at wertpm.com or give us a call at 817-818-9147. All right, let's get into the topic. What are we going to talk about crowdfunding? I, uh, John, I know you have a little bit of a passion about this topic. A little bit. Well, just because, you know, you and I have created a platform of our own to start this. So I want to get into what crowdfunding for your real estate investing is. But I want to share with you, Kyle, if you don't mind me sharing with everybody, just kind of what our passion is. We've talked about this several times as we've started this. And and we just have a passion to help people be able to realize their dreams, even when they don't have maybe the capital. So so here's what I mean. How many times, Kyle, you and I have talked about this, you and I have done this, we're doing it again right now. How many, many times, time. there are so many people out there that are sitting at their family reunion or having Sunday fun day like we do with their brother or their brother-in-law and they talk about, hey, you know, wouldn't it be nice to have a lake house that we could do this on? Wouldn't it be nice if we went, bought a lake house down in Granbury? And maybe nobody in the family has the, I don't want to say the ability, but maybe the ability and or the guts to do it on their own. But two or three people that have the same dream get together and they're like, you know, it would be nice as a family if we just kind of did this. And right. And well, for a lot of things in life, sometimes it takes not just the push, but the platform, right? The platform to get started. You're you're exactly right. And that's what we're going to get into today. Sometimes people, though, sometimes people don't have the money needed to do this, right? Mm -hmm. So we've talked a lot about how you can buy a second home for 10% down. Investment properties are usually 20% down. If you're spending three, four, five hundred thousand dollars, that's somewhere between thirty to fifty thousand dollars if you're able to do the ten percent and sixty to hundred and twenty, right? so that's a lot of money. Slow that Not, back down. I think you. I think you ran over those numbers. Okay. A little All too right. Quick. I was just giving examples of ten <laughs> and twenty percent. It could be anywhere from thirty to one hundred twenty thousand dollars that you need, depending on the loan that you end up using. Mm-hmm. And not everybody has that kind of cash, right? But doing that with two, three, or in one of the other scenarios we've talked about, maybe ten or twenty people. Mm-hmm. Maybe look, you and I have talked about how. We get these deals and we don't do them because there's too many deals that come across our desk, right? And we can't do them all, right? You just run out of capital at some point. But wouldn't it be nice if we had a platform, which we now do, where we could present this to our private investors and let them take advantage of it? And it doesn't have to be one person. It could be crowdfunded like we're going to talk about right now with five or 10 or 20 investors with smaller amounts of money and a smaller investment. Yeah, and getting back to what what you were saying, it's not just uh, our evaluation to our private investors. It's also an open platform for you to submit what your dreams are to us or what your desires are to us, right? So you want to target, say, you know, 
you want a beach house in San Diego, right? Then we'll go help you evaluate those properties, um, be the sponsor in that case. And once you're ready, or if, if you're getting it, you're getting it. But all right, well, now you, you know, this is how much it's going to cost. You, you want 10 other people. That platform allows you to invite people, um, you know, collect commitments, collect the money once it's ready to get going. Put uh, the partnership together. Put the partnership put the together, together legally. Um, you know, so reporting, all that stuff you need to make it more of a buy-in and get statements, get your money, whatever it may be. Uh, just the platform for a lot of areas of life is is half the battle. And this is why we have one. We're going to talk about some other ones, uh, but it makes all the difference to give you that push because you may say, hey, I want to own all of this, right? And you need to wait until you have the capital to get all of it. Well, say you own one-tenth of something now that you're going to take 20 years to get later, that one-tenth might get you three more. So, Yeah, well, ba- sometimes it's baby steps, and sometimes our baby steps need to start a little smaller with some help from some other people, and there is nothing wrong with that. You should get into real estate however you can, and if this is how you need to do it, um, do it. It's there, especially in 2021. I'm going to share with you tons of platforms. But most importantly, if you have a dream like that, that you want to share with us, that you think maybe we could help facilitate, or you want to become one of our private investors that takes advantage of the the opportunities that we post on our platform, send us an email to that email address with what you're looking for, either your dream or add me to your private fin- private investor list. Send us an email to that email address, show me the money at wertpm.com and we'll we'll do that. We'll and we can talk some more. But yeah, and let's to clarify, it's not just achieving your dream or your dream location, it's also an investment that plans to make you money. So Yeah. yeah absolutely. So I'm just sit there. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes some people don't some people I run into a lot of people that don't want that want a second home or vacation home and they own it with several people and they don't want to um, they don't want to rent it to other people. We've talked about in the past and we may get into this in a future podcast about cooperatives and we've talked about doing cooperatives for that very reason. This mm-hmm. is where you know 10 to 12 people get together to buy buy a vacation rental and it's not rented out. You basically just get Slots. one week yeah. yeah one week every quarter. Hey, let's get into our our um, let's get into crowdfunding so people have an understanding of what we just talked about, what we just presented. I, I like it, so I, th- I feel like the first place to start is what is it? What is it exactly? <laughs> um, there's kind of three parts to it, and we just described what we do as a sponsor, and that's kind of the first part. Is somebody needs to sponsor a crowdfunding deal, mm-hmm. right? Somebody either needs to find the deal, evaluate it, and present it, right? Or in our case, what we're doing is we're inviting you to present the dream that that we can then sponsor for you on our platform. Yeah, and it's called the sponsor because it's it's more the operational piece, right? Say yep. you do get five or you get 10 or you get 12 or it is that flexible of how many people are getting thrown in here. Well, the idea is not getting those many people to operate this deal. It's you need a central party to handle the operation and the success of the deal. And that's, that's why we call it the sponsor. Um, on the legal side, general partner versus limited partners, if, if you understand that more. But yeah, it's an important Those are decisions piece. you have to make, legal decisions. And 
right? Yeah, yeah. And they're usually the ones like like we were talking about, presenting it on a platform that can collect commitments and collect these payments because, uh, you know, to get 12 people in on a deal, you got to collect money from 12 mm-hmm. different people. Yep. You got to collect uh, legal liability, all that stuff. So um, that doesn't need to be your expertise your or goal. Your goal is getting in a real estate investment. That's what that helps you achieve. It, we're going to get into some benefits. So I'm sitting here thinking about some of the benefits of what, what, what you just said. And that is, um, you know, somebody's got to be in charge, right? Somebody's got to be, uh, otherwise you have, you know, what do they call it? Too many Indians, not enough chiefs. So um, the second part of that <laughs> a is. a new one to me, but. <laughs> that's a new one to you? All right. That's an old, old-fashioned one. So the second part of it is the platform, which we've talked about. We have kind of our own stylized platform for what we have, uh, what we desire, what we're looking to present to people. But there's a whole bunch of other platforms, and we're going to get into that later in in this podcast. I'm going to go through some of them, all right? And then the final one, Kyle, is is what? You just need investors with yeah, capital, just, right? You need investors, you need capital, and you need commitments. So There you go. Commitment to the cause. Kyle, tell us. Why would somebody do this? Give give us give us the list of reasons why somebody would use crowdfunding for real estate investing. Because they're really smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not sitting on a pile of cash, but they are sitting on some capital that they realize either they desire for real estate or you want your money to be making money. So those are the two biggest reasons to invest is knowing that uh, – your capital and call it savings is better placed in investments and things that get you a return uh, than than otherwise uh, getting killed by inflation. <laughs> so I want to summarize that a little bit, Kyle. With by you get you basically when you're doing these real estate deals, we've talked about this every single week. You get higher returns than you do with tra- traditional investment uh, a traditional investment portfolio, right? Mm-hmm. So you get into not all stocks, but you get into stocks, you get into bonds, you get into mutual funds, even REITs, you know, are pretty good. They're a pretty good uh, return. But investing in your own piece of property, there's no better return than than that, right? And if you have to use this crowdfunding to do it, if you've got $5,000 and you're thinking of putting it into a mutual fund, you're going to do way better doing this, right? Yeah. And I mean, higher returns, I mean, talks about value, right? And when, when you have the value of being able to personally use some, uh, an asset or investment uh, for your own purposes, things that make you happy, there's value in that. Um, that's an additional piece of this investment because you make money off of it with higher returns, but you also get better experiences than not having a vacation home. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now you have one. So that's part of the diversification of that you know, specific investment. Well, I love it. And, and so diversification is, is important. What about, um, what about having the benefit of not having to do the work, right? So let's forget about vacation homes for a minute. Let's say we get together with 20 people to buy uh, a new commercial office building, let's say, right? That's a high risk, high reward type of an investment, meaning, the risk is higher, it's going to stay vacant higher, but then once it's going and cash flowing, the reward is way higher than even with residential real estate, right? So using that example, I don't, 
I don't have, you know, the, I don't get the benefit of being able to use it. I don't want to use it. I just, that's a strictly money-making investment. The, not having to do the work, right? Especially if I don't know anything about commercial investing is really big here. Like I can, I can read the pro forma or, or the portfolios, you know, cause and what they're, what they're trying to do. And, and if I want to invest my money into it, somebody's sponsoring it and handling all those details. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you're pointing out, you know, I just said that you get the benefit of using it. You know, that, that's, that is one case, but probably the bigger case is this could be, you know, you get 10 of these, you're not trying to use all of Mm -hmm. them. So this applies to, you know, it just being an investment too. Um, But the benefits without the work is, it may sound like, like we're property managers. It may sound like the sponsor is your property manager, but this actually is slightly different in, it's different in a beneficial way to the investor because your sponsor handles the operational part of it, but they have a stake along with you in in the deal. And that's what their, the performance of the deal uh, directly ties to the performance of of their revenue, the sponsor's success. Uh, And that's slightly different where in a management company that does apply, but generally it's a percentage-based thing based on collected incomes that doesn't take into account expenses. So if it's the sponsor's responsibility to uh, hold that stake with you to mitigate all expenses and they have a specific uh, incentive to make it as successful for you and them as possible, it kind of changes the uh, changes the dynamic a little bit. I mean, property manager's mindset is the same, but the, logistic, the logistical part and stake behind it um, gives benefits to both sides really. All right, I love it. So, so we've got we've talked about so good, good, good job, Kyle. We've talked about it gives you higher returns, allows you to diversify, gives you the benefit of being being able to do this without all the work, right? How about um, how about just kind of simply the ability to invest in that example I just used in something that you wouldn't normally be able to invest in? Yeah, like I may not have enough money or the desire to to invest in a $1.5 million building maybe, but if I did it with 40 other people and I'm only putting in five, 10, $20,000, whatever I feel comfortable with, then, then I'm able to invest in something I otherwise wouldn't be able to, right? Yeah, and one of the huge benefits to that, you know, because a lot of people, I've talked to some people about this and, and a common question is, well, if you're only getting that small piece of it, why don't you just put it somewhere else since you're getting such a small piece. Well, when you're talking about returns, you're still talking about percentages. And a lot of times, a lot, a lot of times why big money and all that invest into these bigger, bigger investments is because they're, they get returns that you can't touch um, or that aren't in bonds, that aren't in stocks. They are solid high level returns that I wouldn't call them guaranteed, but more regular than uh, a lower cap investment. And that, it gives you that percentage on your small portion rather than a smaller percentage on a smaller portion like Got you would it. get in bonds. Yep. So, tried yep. to make that less confusing, but <laughs> I think I failed that a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. As soon as you get into bonds and stuff, sometimes it, it gets, it's impossible not to get confusing. But It's a good time to compare it to you know nearly nothing. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no doubt, no <laughs> doubt. Um, so... All right, so here's one of the other benefits that I think is kind of neat. If, if I put myself in the play, shoes of somebody that maybe they're considering something like a REIT. A REIT is a real estate investment trust. So, so let's just take, for example, 
um, maybe you have an option to invest in one of these trusts where they go out and they buy hundreds or maybe even thousands of homes across the country, right? And you invest a small amount of money into this trust, and then you get a return based on the return of that trust. Now, you and I would contend that that trust would be a lot, but be- would give you a lot better return than your average mutual fund, right? But in most cases, because it's real estate, because it's real estate based, it's it's just a better return for you. It's a it's a better investment, right? But what if this is my first property or most people are really deeply invested in the properties that they buy, whether it's a piece, small piece of land, their first rental property, whatever it is, they're deeply invested. Doing this gets, gives you the opportunity to focus, even if you're with 40 other people or two other people, it gives you the ability to focus on that one specific property and become invested in it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And that's where uh, you hear me say this a lot is risk risk reward makes investments and usually higher risk, higher reward potential. Um, that's kind of where this ties in because it, like you said, a REIT in a REIT, it's more conservative just because it's more diversified on the, uh, amount of properties, ver- variety of properties that are placed in that REIT, um, where this is more targeted. It's more specific to the exact property or the exact deal that you're, that you're going after. Um, so you're invested in the success of something you can see, feel, touch, uh, where, you know, if you're in a REIT, you don't know. And, it's just <laughs> and the operational, yeah, I call it conservative because in, in REITs, they have higher operational expenses, right? right? Like the sponsor is exactly. generally not just taking a bigger piece, but also charging more and, and adding up more expenses because there's you know, management fees it takes a yeah. lot to manage those yeah well there's an, you know analysis constant ins and out of capital people come in and out and where that gets placed and where it gets taken out you know there's a lot more to consider where this is more streamlined and uh, i'd say shared to a more uh, specific and known degree well okay so l- let me let me make a different example that was that was really good the way you put that let's say let's say i get a statement every month for my IRA, right? You get a certain feeling about how your IRA is doing, but it's just a statement. It's looking at your different individual stocks or funds that you're in, but it's just a portfolio. But when I get to go down the street to 123 Main Street and see that piece of property that I'm invested in, whether you're wholly invested in it 100% or or 1%, doesn't matter. I'm invested in that piece of property that I can stand in front of and touch, to your point. It just feels a lot different than just looking at that statement, yeah. right? Yeah, and it does, and it's I call it more customizable if you if you take the right platform and you have that freedom. Um, and why I say that is, all, re- all REITs aren't the same, you know. It's just like all investments aren't the same. They all have a different structure, whether it's slightly different or hugely different. Um, but the point is with with deals like this, you can put them together. And, and if you're with us, we let you, especially if you collect the group that's that's going in on this, um, you can set up a structure that you like. Maybe you want to join a REIT, but you don't want to just re, reinvest those dividends back into it every time they give, get you. But if you were doing something like this, you can collectively decide, hey, for the first three years, we're not getting anything. It's all getting reinvested into this and see how many properties we have at the end of the three years, right? Um, or do something slightly different or have a 
tenth of it go to everybody's kids' college fund. Like it's really that customizable. And you know, there's benefits to that because you you feel like you have more control over the deal. That's great, Kyle. That's really that's really good insight. And that really leads into our final our final why you would want to do this, right? Which is dividends and, and that you can get an income component just like you do just like you get dividends from certain stocks and mutual funds. Um, but like you said, when you do especially when you do it with us, it's very customizable. I'm in a partnership where we collect together mm-hmm. in within our partnership, we all of us have decided to collect the income that to maintain and collect the income together in one account that that we all own, right? So that we could purchase more property as a partnership. That is our goal in that partnership. But we very well could have said, no, we want, let's see, Kyle, you put in, I don't know, you put in somewhere between two to $5,000 every month into that account. Well, we could have split that, right, between all of our, all of our partners and send it directly to them, right? Yeah, and th- I mean, we'll get a little into this later, but uh, knowing the benefits of how you structure things can matter too. Like the difference between what you just described is that showing up on as income and being taxed every year where mm. you keep something in a partnership like that and it goes back into it and goes back into it and goes back into it. It's treated as operating or money being used for operations and uh I won't, you know, not a financial advisor, but I won't get into the specifics, but I call it a shield to make it uh, a general term. <laughs> You're not a financial advisor? Uh, no? No. Okay. I don't All think right. so. Just making sure. I seem to have to advise on financial stuff a lot, this but uh, this would be a good place take what I say with a grain of salt because I do not have that fancy license thing they give to financial advisors. So. <laughs> this would be a good place for Steve to just put over his, his disclaimer for us, huh? That we're not financial advisors. This is not financial advice. <laughs> you can't even do it as well, it's, Steve, it's so advice. don't even try. It's advice about financial topics, but this is not financial advice. (laughs) It's a good effort. It's a good effort. I like it. All right. Let's get into the downsides, Kyle. We have a couple downsides, right? So I don't want to just talk about this and like not acknowledge what what those downsides are, right? The only downside is there's so many upsides, it's hard to keep track of. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, okay. So we already talked about one of the downsides, or at least I mentioned it earlier, and that is the risk reward factor, right? So if you understand what risk reward means, basically what you mean is the higher the risk you take, the more reward, Mm -hmm. right? So when you have any investment that promises a higher reward than another investment, there almost always is a higher risk that goes along with that. So what's that mean, Kyle? That just means that higher risk means your reward upside is higher, that Back what is the risk? Is your, what is our higher risk? Your downside is higher too. What do you I mean? mean I guess it risk? depends on the investment. But like, let's use the 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 commercial building example that I described. I described um, the risk there is the market for commercial buildings are more volatile than they are for residential, right? Mm-hmm. So you're more susceptible to a more volatile market things going down, things being vacant for long periods of time. However, when you get a tenant in there, they pay way more, right, per square foot than on a residential unit. So that's where you get your reward. Yeah, and that's just one example. There could be a lot of purposes and you know avenues you go with a, with a commercial building, but that uh, 
It's a good example because, but uh, what you're saying is the risk is all in that one property with this method. Or if we do five pro, whatever you pick, that risk is in what you pick. Or if yep, it's five properties, right. where I mean that really just comes down to the what key part of all investing is um, diversification. It's less diversified for whatever you risk into that deal. So. That's right. And then, so there's really one more. I tried to find downsides to this, Kyle. I can only <laughs> find two. And really the second one is is liquidity. And we've talked about liquidity in the past. So if I put my money into one of these, and it really depends, the level of liquidity we're talking about depends on that specific investment, right? So if I'm doing this with my brother-in-law, and we're in complete agreement on wanting to sell this property down the road at some point, then that makes that investment a little bit more liquid than maybe uh, something that's crowdfunded with a hundred people and you have no control over when that, that property gets sold or, or how, how you exit that property or that investment. I'm sorry. So because of that, you put your money in, you're not necessarily able to get it out as quickly as you could with some other investments. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of times it's one of the points that you you decide at the beginning in the operating agreement, that kind of thing of, are people able to get out? If they are, this is how it looks like. Yep. If they have to wait until there's a unanimous uh, agreement to sell it, and then That's everybody right. can get out. Like Those things matter as part of the decision. So, and that kind of leads me to our last downside that uh, you know, it's worth mentioning, uh, is shared interest, right? And anything... Uh, when you have a shared interest, it can have more problems, right? Or say, disagreements. Yeah. What if eighty percent of the people want to sell it and the other twenty don't, and your operating agreement says unanimous? Well, that well, could be a downside. If if you do it the wrong way, it could be a downside. Exactly. Right? You protect yourself up front by that by having a sponsor or a managing partner. Yeah, it's a potential downside. Some people might put that in the upside. Maybe you got a whole bunch of people who push you in the right direction and uh, have more experience than you in this, and you know that they'll make sure you make the right decisions. So, um, well, it's not always the case. <laughs> if people, if anybody's out there looking to do this, and they would, they they ask us for our help to do it, we're never going to put them in the position that that's that's. That's an issue, right? Yeah, de definitely not. And that's why the sponsor is an important piece. And you know, even if anybody does want to do this, I want to clarify that you don't need to have any one of any of these pieces that we're talking about, right? Just the desire to do it. Say you have, you want to go to this, like I said, San Diego, you want to beach house in San Diego, shared, shared in one of these investment deals, but you don't know the people. Well, that's fine. Get the deal um, or you tell us what you want we can help you find the people. You have the people. We can help you find the deal. Um, you just have the money. We can help you find the deal and the people. You know, that's that's really the flexibility that makes this such a great avenue for, for real estate investing. All right, Kyle, you ready to get into tax implications? You want to do you want to do a disclaimer that we're not CPAs first? John and Kyle are not CPAs. There are tax implications, but we are going to discuss them, and if uh, you want to dig any deeper, please advise <laughs> your financial advisor. <laughs> there you go. So let's get into the first one. I really kind of want to gloss over this one because I really don't want to dive into this one. There are some some implications regarding your income tax, okay? Um, mostly positive, depending on how you do it. We could talk all day about this, and this really depends on how you report it, 
what kind of instrument it's coming from, all that good stuff. But this is a very specific one. I just wanted to point out that there is an income tax implication, either positive or negative, to doing this kind of real estate investment. Yes, and I'll mention part of what that that can vary is uh, what we'll do in a future episode is protecting your or acquiring your real estate investments with an LLC or an entity can can change some of these implications too. All right, how about capital gains tax? So avoiding a capital gains tax when when you're doing it through these crowdfunding, um, when you're using this crowdfunding, you're able to avoid capital gains tax. These days, I think you're supposed to avoid talking about capital gains tax. <laughs> <laughs> we pretend that doesn't exist. That's, that's so 1980. Um, how about depreciation recapture? You may not know what this is if you're if you don't currently have investment properties or you're not, you know, but. Basically, if you have, especially if you have a CPA, your CPA should be taking any depreciation that you have and spreading that out over, I think it's a 15 or 20 year term. I'm not, I'm again, I'm not be careful about putting specifics out there on this, but there is something. Like 27 and a half. So. Uh, you yeah. could be right. I really, <laughs> I, I, I only know enough about this to make it really dangerous. And I know that depreciation recapture is, is something that you can, uh, you can save here that allow you to save some money. And then state taxes. Um, every state's going to be different. So how states handle that is going to be different, right? We own property in Texas. We own property in Alabama. Both those states probably handle, well, they don't probably, they absolutely handle taxes very differently, right? Yeah. I mean, the Texas no state income tax. So this is extremely different consideration than if you were paying an income tax. So, you know, all these things, tax implications can, we're not saying whether pros or cons, it's just always something to look at. Like the capital gains tax, well, something people don't like to talk about a lot. If you just took advantage of these huge price increases over this year and said, hey, I'm going to sell my house, walked away with a nice profit. Well, capital gains will be involved in that next year. And there's ways to push that into, say, something like this. And, um, you know, I can't get too deep into that without uh, touching on some things I'm not supposed to talk about. But look into that or ask us and, and one of these can help you uh, mitigate capital gains tax. Best I can put that. Best way I could put that. <laughs> You know what? If we wrap that up, there's tax implications with everything we do, and you should know what they are before you do it. Really. Definitely agree on that one. Yep. All right. Let's talk about two more things, Kyle. I want to talk about how do we evaluate these deals when people go out and find it. And then let's share with people. We've shared a lot about what we can do and about our platform. Let's share with some, some people about some other platforms that are out there for crowdfunding. You want to do that? Sounds good to me. All right. How do we evaluate how do we evaluate these deals, Kyle? Uh, I think we just put them one through twenty on a dartboard and <laughs> whichever one it hits. That's a great idea. We should do that. <laughs> we should try that. Uh, no, in all seriousness, we 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 dig into the the factors that matter. We dig into uh, what you're what you're paying for it, what uh, returns you're expecting based on its purpose. Um, looking at comparable units, maybe we manage one or and, and have some you know, really hard data when it's something that we're doing. Um, even if not, we look into what other people are doing and check the market. And all right, this is very solid, conservative estimate of what we should be able to get. Here's the potential for what we expect to get based on how we do 
do the work. Um, so you analyze those potential returns and then you compare those returns to what it takes for you to acquire it. Add that into a time horizon. Is your time horizon worth it? We're not going to make money on this deal for six years. Everyone okay with that? <laughs> no, probably not. So, all right, well, it's probably not a good deal. Um, that was a very big summary of evaluating a deal. That was no, that was risk. extremely comprehensive. That wasn't even the question I was asking you, <laughs> but it was an extremely comprehensive um, point by point how you evaluate. I guess how how you evaluate a deal from a sponsor point of view, right? Well, and that's you said evaluate risk. That's yep. really how you evaluate risk because a lot of people look at that as um, the emotional risk or emotional pieces of risk and. That doesn't equate into the real an analysis. I love it. So, or evaluation. I love it. Well, I'm just going to go through this kind of quickly. Some of the things that you want to look at when you're looking at somebody's deal and you go to one of these crowdfunding platforms, you're trying to decide whether this is something you want to invest in. You want to you want to look at the risk, right? We talked about that just now. You want to look at the investment category it's in. So you may feel one more comfortable in one category or another. Um, and I don't want to get too far into this, but you should learn. If you're going to get into this, you should learn what these different investment categories in. Three of the most common ones are equity investments, debt investments, and preferred equity investments. That last one is kind of a hybrid of the first two, but dive into those more, have an understanding of what you feel comfortable and know what investment category these are in. Most of what you and I have been talking about so far, Kyle, um, in, in our, our kind of our dream scenario that we've been talking about has been in that equity investment category. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of debt is this investment taking on is another thing that you want to look at. Like if they are getting into major debt in order to get this, that may not be a bad deal, but you definitely want to take it into consideration, especially if you're trying to decide between that deal and a different deal that's not putting taking on so much debt. Yeah, because I guess what you're saying there is there's a lot of way to not just structure the legalities of a deal, but how it's going to acquire something, operate it. There's a lot of logistics to that. Are you going to crowdfund the entire or all the cash needed to purchase or the just asset, the down set payment. it up and all that? Or um, the down payment and what kind of loan, what kind of avenue are you going to go for that loan? Um is it going to be put on the back of one and not all of the people in the shared interest? You know, those things matter and they can really change how successful a deal is and how much capital and how many returns thing, how much returns things get. Cause we all know interest rates are not uh, everybody's friend. When you talk. <laughs> <laughs> they are right now. Well, yeah. um, how about this? How about when you're evaluating this, how about the experience level of the sponsor? That's probably one of the most important ones, huh? You've got somebody that's that's managing this, presenting this deal with to you. Um, you want to make sure that they've got some experience, at least doing that kind of a deal, yeah? This is the point for the disclaimer. Uh, past performance is not indicative of future results, right? You know? <laughs> that's very good. <laughs> I like it. But that's performance. Do We're you have a radio voice you can do that in, maybe? Maybe we got to get Steve to do this. Steve for can us. probably yell over there. So, you know. past performance is not indicative of future results. There you go. <laughs> but to answer your question, um, experience doesn't tie into performance necessarily. Experience in success, experience in losses, I think, is a huge part of being or having experience at all in, in anything you do. But um, the experience level of being a sponsor 
and running a deal like that, I think, is probably the most important because you could be knowledgeable about every piece we've talked about, but if you don't know how to report to your investors or you don't know how to... Get a lot of trouble. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things there, so... um, Or you could even ruin a partnership, right? You know, I keep talking about somebody and their brother-in-law doing this. That's the last thing you want to do is create a disagreement because you as the sponsor didn't do something, you know, right, or you created some misconception or miscommunication problem or, you know what I mean? So there's a lot of components that go into this that... When expectations being provided by the sponsor up front and in in depth is huge because you don't want to be years into this thing and everybody getting together being like, what's our sponsor really doing? What's he it, doing? You know, why like, is he why? doing it? What? Yep. And then, but yep. their, their, their investment's successful and they feel like it's just happening automatically. It's usually a great sponsor doing a great, <laughs> right. uh, great work. And that's why they feel that way, but they haven't shown that value. It's kind of like being a property manager, right? The less you hear from them, the better job they're doing. But then you wonder, the people have a tendency to wonder why they have the property manager because they don't hear from them. Where, yeah, it's a, it's a balancing act, right? <laughs> because right. it's like, but you don't want to hear from me. That means I'm handling stuff That means stuff I'm doing it for you. So. All right, let's go through the rest of these and we'll get through some platforms. How does that sound, Kyle? Can we Love burn it. through the rest of these? Yep. So fees, right? There's different fees involved in, in them. So um, everybody might have a different fee structure. So you'll want to take that into account. You talked about this already, Kyle. Target returns mm-hmm. and holding periods. You, you talked about both those things. Well, and that's, it brings up another point of acronyms and verbiage, or not verbiage, <laughs> uh, vocabulary. There's mm. a whole different set of, uh, you know, terms and things people use and say in the equity. This is more of the equity investment uh, field uh, than if you're just like buying in a rental property, right? You're going to hear the world's different amount of term, like internal rate of return. What does your mortgage lender tell you that is on your rental property? You don't talk about internal rate That's of return. Right. You, don't. Um, you don't talk about holding periods or uh, cash on cash returns or you know, all that stuff. Um, so throw that in the learning curve mm-hmm. <laughs> or understanding curve. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you'll I mean you'll definitely get more of that. As you get into this, if you use crowdfunding, you definitely learn more about that kind of stuff for sure. So um is there an income component might be the last my last thing I would consider when when you're evaluating these deals. Yeah. We talked about that at length. So hey Kyle, I pulled this off of I'm gonna go ahead and give this website um a shout out because they did a great job of of kind of summarizing some of the top, not even the top five, but five of these platforms. By the way, if you're watching, I've got a list of 26 platforms that you could go to to do some kind of crowdfunding and find deals. And they range from uh, $5 or $10 in minimum investing all the way up to $50,000 in minimum investing. So there's something there for everybody that you can find, shoot me an email to that email address. Show me the money at t- wertpm.com and ask for that. I'd be glad to share that with you. Sounds like but you I, found a platform of platforms. I found a platform of platforms. <laughs> so this one I got from millionacres.com to give a shout out to this website. And um, they uh, here's some recommendations they have in the for, for five different platforms, okay? Um, 
and ours isn't on here, Kyle. Can you believe it? Yeah, I see they it right there at the bottom. They don't even know yeah, about so ours. I think it's, it's, in, it's very small, but I think it's either. <laughs> they don't even know about it. Ours is for our own private investors right now. So anyway, so the first one is Streetwise. And and the reasons they gave for this was that it's just really conservative, right? If you're being very conservative with your money and you want somebody who's going to be extremely conservative, that would be the place to go. Fundrise is great for first timers. So I don't want to say, I'm trying to find a good, nice way to say, it. you know, for dummies, right? <laughs> Crowdfunding for dummies, maybe, right? Um, dumb it down a little bit. Um, so if you've never done this, that might be a good place to look and, and learn more about crowdfunding with real estate. Uh, Realty Mogul was a good one-stop shop where they have all of the components that it's going to take to do this in, in one place and in one platform. So um, that might be something if we didn't have our own platform, Kyle, that we might turn to to get, you know, to have the lending component and the investment component and and uh, everything that we need, you know, that we already pay for and put together um, in one spot, right? Um, cadre is another one. There's a lot of people out there that are trying to invest. These are more savvy investments, but only in opportunity zones. Um, that's kind of a new, that's kind of a new, uh, quadrant of the, of the real estate investing, but opportunity zones are another one of those high risk, high reward things, mm -hmm. right? At least now, as long as, as long as the current government's in, in, in place, um, 1031 crowdfunding. That's exactly what it sounds like. This is great for people using 1031 exchanges. You're actually able to, you sell a piece of property, you put it into a 1031 exchange, and you can literally take that and put it right into this crowdfunding source instead of having to beat, beat the bushes and try to find another piece of property like you typically would have to do. And I'll touch slightly on that because not everyone's going to know what the 1031 exchange is. And again, not a financial advisor, but ten, you can look it up. 1031 exchange is a way of taking profits from a sale or from a property and moving them into another one, um, kind of like rolling over uh, investment accounts is essentially how that is. I mean, well, it avoids the, some tax implications by exactly. moving it from one same purpose investment real estate to another same purpose investment. Perfectly so. said. There you go. It just it, it basically in a nutshell, capital gains is Doesn't, really what yeah. you're doing is you're you're avoiding the, you're deferring your capital gains because well, you're like deferring it being treated as income. Steve has a property in San Diego, right? Mm -hmm. A rental property. If he decides to sell that, he can put that in a 1031 exchange, buy one here in Dallas Fort Worth area. And as long as he does that within six months, he could take all his capital from that San Diego property, put it into this one, and not not pay the capital gains. He will eventually have to pay someday, but he won't have to do it right now. He might to California, but that's a different topic. He might go back. But, uh, <laughs> but this brings, in, brings us back to these platforms. Those 1031 exchanges have timelines, and it's not the most conservative timeline. Like, say you want to do that. It's great. You're getting a property. Um, say that property falls through. This is a real estate game. Things can happen. Maybe you don't find the perfect one. Well, dumping it into a crowdfunding thing and still taking that benefit could be one of your solutions, um, especially if you start that process and now your solutions are running out with the timeline. So, Yeah, especially with our market the way it is, man. It's People are stressed about that, aren't they? Yeah. Really yeah, and I mean, you probably took it out of one property, but you can 
1031 exchange it into a diversified crowd fund yep. and yep. basically change that investment where, you know, that's not what 1031 is made for. It's supposed to keep the structure, but this is kind of one way of doing both. So. I love it, Kyle. I was worried about doing this. I felt like we talked about crowdfunding a lot leading into this particular podcast. We had mentioned it a lot and we talk about it a lot and we really want to start presenting it more to people, but I was worried about the technicality of this topic. Mm -hmm. And I hope we did it some justice today and tried to make it somewhat simple. And if we didn't, I apologize, but we really thought that it was important to, to present it to those that have never heard of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if it's, if it sounds complicated, I'll, I'll use one more point that I use when I talk to like some of my friends and things like that about it's, it's more of an analogy. It's, uh, because everyone asks me, like, why would I just do this myself and wait and save up money and all that stuff? And I'm like, okay, well, either way, you can do that. That is but the best way to do it. It is the best way to do it. But it, sometimes changing the perspective can help. You know, you hear about whales in the stock market or, or, you know, rich people, whales get better returns for their money, right? And that's what everyone wishes. They, they can get comparable returns. Well, you crowdfund or collect a whole bunch of individuals and essentially create a collective whale, right? It's it's a very summary way to put it, but it's one that people can uh, resonate with. Um, and then while you're getting those higher returns as a collective whale, you can use those higher returns to now go back to doing it individually, right? So it gets you it gets you what you don't have access to in uh in by yourself or in the normal case. So if I want to be a whale Again, I need Jump to get a ocean. bunch, and but I'm a little fish. Then I need to get a whole bunch of other little fish together so that we're the size of a whale. Yeah. And you got to make a collective, you know, you got to get a dance routine going, make it look like a whale um, All to right. make it successful. <laughs> All right. I think <laughs> no, we, we're having fun. I think we killed that analogy. <laughs> All right. Good job, Kyle. Great, great job trying to, you know, doing our best to try to really present something that's really foreign to a lot of people still, you mm -hmm. know. Um, I think people hear about crowdfunding. They think of what's the popular, what's that popular site Go people fund use? Me Go fund stuff me. like that. Yeah, that's I mean, what that's, crowdfunding is. Go fund me is crowdfunding. Yeah, but I mean... Which maybe just not has done for real estate. The name in when you're talking about investing because uh, they feel like like GoFundMe. You know, there's always a uh, is this really going to go to what I'm putting it towards? Or the other one that does that creates startups once you hit a certain point. Um, which I'm not saying those aren't great sites. We're talking about legal partnerships, right? And while crowdfunding is a is a method of collecting capital or kind of a summary for term for a lot of this stuff for anything yeah it's it looks a lot different when you're when you put it into this when industry or investing in real estate yeah yeah, yeah yep. exactly yep. so well good i hope we did it justice and um i don't know what our topic is going to be next week but but i hope it's a little bit simpler and, and easier to understand than this one how's that <laughs> let's make <laughs> that, that our good. goal well, i hope this was interesting if you guys uh want to talk to us um get get um, advice on crowdfunding investing your current portfolio anything we talk about um, or want to hear some some more about whales fish and analogies from us uh, <laughs> a list of platforms i got a list of platforms yeah, right yeah, here list if, of you, platforms if you want that too. i'll get it to you uh shoot us an email show me the money at we uh google we are tpm to share a realty group to share a property management find me and john Shara. uh give us a call Call our office, 817-818-9147, or everywhere you can find us. Um, 
So when you're interested, go ahead and do that. And always remember, gut feelings are not due diligence. Gut feelings are not due diligence. Love it. Have a good job, week, everybody. Have a good one. <laughs>